but I was telling her how excited I am about this. That like Good, I really man. enjoy our conversation, yeah. and like, and I'm excited to tell people to listen to it. Yes. And, like I was saying, like, yeah, the more we can build up listenership, that's really cool. Ed genuinely said that. I just happened to be recording. <laughs> This is in your ear, in your head, controlling everything you're thinking. It's me, South Beach Nico. How you guys doing? I figured I'd change it up a little bit with that intro. I mean, it got me excited for a fun podcast, so hopefully it got you revved up and ready to listen to some cool stories. Uh, we are going to talk to the man behind the mustache today, Mr. Ed. Not the horse. That actually would be really cool. Just a guy named Ed that uh, works at the mysterious No Vacancy over here in St. Petersburg. He used to work at No Vacancy. He does not anymore. But we are uh, we are still tremendous friends, and uh, I'm looking forward to having him on here. He's very enthusiastic, and uh, I don't know. It's going to be fun. We've been planning this one for a while. And finally got linked up, and we can do it. So without further ado, actually, you know what? Follow me on social media, at For The Ladies Podcast on Instagram. And at South underscore Beach underscore Nico on Instagram as well. That is my personal one. You see all the, the juicy stuff on that one. And um, so this would be fun. I, I appreciate you listening. We have a ton of people listening, as I said last episode. Keep at it. We'll keep kicking ass. And this is going to be fun. And, uh, well, let's just go. Let's just do it. Remember, South Beach Nico in your head. So I was walking here and doing like the intro to this episode and I was trying to like be funny with the words and I was like oh yeah we got Mr. Ed and I was like oh that we don't have Mr. Ed the horse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that'd be cool though that's funny when I used to work in like a, a special ed classroom as like an aide uh, I remember my first day the teacher asked me like, what do you want the kids to call you yeah you want to call you like Mr. Petrella and I was like that's like my dad, I don't know. Um, and I don't really want him to just call me my first name. Right. And she said, what about Mr. Red? And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And, sure, let's go for it. So I was known as Mr. Red at uh, Grand Park Elementary uh, in Plainfield slash Oswego, Illinois. Shout out, Grand Park. Shout out. Go Grizzlies. We're actually super big on the shout outs of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to... Some different family member every week. Shout out to my cousin Jody. There you go. Yeah, you're gonna go out down the family tree. I yeah, like usually. That's, that's a good idea. Well, my pe- cousins listen. They're like, "Why didn't you talk about me?" So yeah. they get all mad. <laughs> get all excited here. I was actually thinking about that on the way over here. Like, I have a moment of dread of like revisiting any of this and like hearing my own voice. <laughs> Has that experience? You hear your own voice on record? Like, 
ah, that's what I sound like. It doesn't sound like me. And for a second, I was like, oh man, I'm making a huge mistake. I'm gonna revisit this cringe. <laughs> Sorry, man, I can't make it. Yeah, uh, I got a bill. <laughs> no, I mean, you actually reminded me that we were doing this. <laughs> I woke up yesterday, thought it was yesterday, was not yesterday, and then you texted me after I got off of work. I was like, oh yeah, it was today. <laughs> Um, and you were running late, I was already running late, right. so it worked out anyway. We ended up getting here within 10 minutes of each other, but an hour after we agreed to get here. <laughs> Which is typical. Yeah, that's perfect, yeah, this is why we get along. But, so, for the background of people that don't know Mr. Ed, you worked at No Vacancy, where we currently are. There's a lovely vocalist in the background. Uh, I wish I could remember her name. I don't know her name either. Do you know the uh, name of the singer? Katie. Katie. Shout out to Katie for yep. singing the tune. You made the podcast. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Cheers. See, that's the type of service you get here at No Vacancy. Yeah, there you go. They're hooking so it up we so we don't have to stop our podcast. Uh, just visited at our table here and we can get another drink. <laughs> well, Anthony was behind the bar and he had three girls at the bar and he was doing some sort of razzle-dazzle for him. We were just commenting how he was up on stage. His, his presence up there, it, it, it's... It's captivating. He had, a very, he had a very captive audience. And you do the same type of thing, like, at the bar. So you, I, that's what I talk about here. It's not just people getting a side job as a bartender. Like, you guys that work here or worked here, it's more, like, in-depth. I agree. I agree with that a lot. I think that's part of what makes this place special, um, is it's had a lot of people behind the bar that are there because they want to be yeah. and because they're passionate about it, you know, less so than defaulting um, to that position, right. you know, um, not that there's anything wrong with that, no. but there is sort of, you know, different reasons people get into the restaurant business and hospitality business and um, a lot of times you just have a mix of those people on a staff, but this place, for some reason, I think it has a lot to do with uh, who started it. Um, Shout out to Sandra Sampson, um, who originally started this cocktail program. Uh, she kind of attracted a lot of people who were passionate about bartending and cocktails and stuff like that. And since then, it's kind of kept that tradition going of having people behind the bar, uh, yeah, who who have a presence behind the bar and who are knowledgeable, um, a little bit extra than yeah. your typical uh, bar experience. Yeah, I mean that's what I've always noticed about it. And I don't come here and order elaborate drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. But, um, like, when I come still, in... You can still do that here, though. That's yeah. what's so cool is, is you don't have to necessarily do that. We might crack a joke at your expense. Right. No, but. that's totally fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. But, I mean, like, when I do walk in, it's cracked and sitting in front of me. We actually just shot a funny video. I don't think I showed you or sent it to you. It was uh, Caitlin, the bartender. Shout out to Caitlin. I sit down at the bar. She opens a beer and slides it down across the bar like old school, like Cheers or something. Classic. And so I'll show you that video when we take a break here, but it was really cool. That's like the type of stuff that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And a vacancy. This is not just spot. an advertisement for no vacancy, but it's kind of okay because... It's appropriate to talk about. Cause yeah, because we're here. Yeah. We're here, and uh, it's kind of... It was for a long time our cheers. I haven't been around as much lately. Yeah. But this is where, you know, everybody knows everybody's name. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So. Well... I've only had, like, I actually found no vacancy because when I moved to St. Pete last April, I was out at Park and Rec, which is a fun place, but it's a different crowd than here. Um, so I was out with some girls, and they kind of, like, deviated away from our plan to hang out, 
and they were talking to other dudes. I was like, oh, this isn't very much fun. So I kind of left. And might have been a little fired up a little bit. And I saw the neon lights here, and I was like, I'll just swing on in. And this became my spot, basically, from that night. Who was your bartender that night? I don't remember. This was like April, I have no idea. I'm trying to think if it could have been me. It might have been. Because I feel like I remember a conversation with you, you like <laughs> describing a situation that you were like less than pleased with. Um, that might have been the first time. It very well could have been. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, that was right after I moved here. I really didn't know where I was going. I was kind of, I think I was trying to get home and I didn't realize I had to turn <laughs> at, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, at the light there. But I mean, yeah, that could have been you. And the last time we were here together was Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, which I actually... Uh, we weren't here together. No. <laughs> um, we ended up we ended up here together, though, and I didn't even realize it was Valentine's Day. Um, and then I'm looking at the bar, I'm like, why, why are there, like, chocolates on the bar? I was like, oh, oh, right, it's Valentine's Day, because my girlfriend Morgan and I had celebrated, like, a week before. Yeah. So I wrote it off. I was like, I've accomplished over. the celebration of the Valentines, and now I don't have to think about it anymore. So on the actual 14th, like, why are there chocolates on the bar? You know, can see it. Oh, that's right. It's Valentine's Day. Um, and then we were uh, approached by those girls. <laughs> you were welcome to swear. So exactly how you described it that night, you were welcome. I want you to tell the story. Um, so, yeah, we were uh, we were sitting at the bar, and uh, we were just chatting it up, not really paying attention to what's going on around us. And then I, I chick-tapped, I think, you on the shoulder. Yeah. She was like, hey, what's up, guys? And we're like, oh, hey. And, yeah. you know, we're just two dudes sitting at the bar, and a chick's tapping us on the shoulder. And Still got up, it. And there's kind of a little pause there. She's like... Hey guys, what's up? Oh, hey. Uh, do you think you could scoot down? <laughs> like, oh, hey guys, do you think you could fuck off? Like, can you not be here, please? <laughs> We're here for other people, not for you. We got, I mean, got excited for a second. We, we might did. get up some chicks. <laughs> I mean, because you have the girlfriend, but I don't. So I was here looking for love. Well, I'm somehow always like wingman if you buy default. Like, not, by, not by design, but like... You I used to get paid today. for it? Yeah. I don't know if that kind of... <laughs> It's just a continuation of like the origins of our relationship. I feel the need to, to wingman for you out there. I talked about that when I interviewed Laura, and we talked about how Sunday nights I'd come here, just like hanging out, and always leave with the potential love of my life because you were working and hooked it up. Hi, Caitlin. We just shouted you out on the podcast. Yes, you're famous. What are you gonna tell us? It's being recorded. I was gonna say some gossip. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, I'll have to ask her. But yeah, so every, it was like Sundays. That was your night that I'd show up like, ah, I'll swing in real quick. Yep, and it would usually be quiet, and we would usually get into some hilarious conversations. I, I love, um, like, that's something I love about the bartender-regular relationship. Yeah. It is just like the contextual nature yeah. of the relationships. Like, you don't, you get to skip a lot of background and, and just kind of... Like it's you know situational and contextual, and, and you can really get to know some people really well oh, yeah. in a different way than if you like met them in a traditional setting, right? You know, i.e., not a bar, and like kind of got to know their backstory and started at the start, whatever that means. Um, it's a whole different thing when you're uh, a regular at a bar and there's a bartender that you click with or have a yeah. relationship with, and you might not have know a lot about each other in terms of like real personal details, but know a lot about each other in the way like your brain works right you discuss, yeah you discuss so many different situations and, and i could be like here look at this meme you'll think this is funny but i might not know where you're from like right. any right. backstory exactly. you have exactly but Something same way vice versa exactly <laughs> um so it's a it's a cool dynamic um that's one of the things i love about the bar um 
you know, that's one of the things that gets me uh, so passionate about it is, you know, meeting people and stuff. It's a great way to do that. And were you ever in sales or anything? Um, outs outside of uh, restaurants? No. Okay. I, I consider all of what I've done in restaurants to be sales. Yeah. Um, but other than that, no, I've taught... Um, I worked at a dog kennel for a while when I was a teenager. Uh, what else have I done? Uh, I worked on a pin fishing boat down here. Okay. One summer I, I was like spent three months uh, down here in Madeira Beach. My aunt had like a condo there. And uh, it was right by John's Bass. There's a small fishing shop called Don's Dock. Okay. And uh, I want to say I was like 14. Um, hopefully I'm not like implicating anything illegal. <laughs> uh, Statue of limitations. You're yeah, like, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're much older than 14 I'm, now. I'm glad you're, you're familiar <laughs> with that. Um, so anyway, uh, I would get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning and it was my, my aunt's son, my cousin, knew a guy who like ran a boat that went out and picked up these traps full of pinfish, which is a bait fish that fishermen use out here to catch bait fish like the great stuff. Um, and I would get up at like the crack at 4 o'clock in the morning and go down to Don's Dock and get on this boat and we'd go out and he would drive the boat, this guy named Lance would drive the boat and I would like gaff the line and and pull up the fish yeah. and like dump the fish in the live well and um, and I coincidentally ended up moving here years later but I forgot where I was going that, where that, where that started. Oh, so. just like sales j jobs you'd had. Yeah, jobs I'd had, that's right. Um, but anyway, yeah, sales. Um, I learned sales from restaurants. Okay. Um, you... I worked at Outback for four years, but like within the first year, I had such a better understanding of selling stuff and being talking to people. So I totally get what you're saying. I think that gets neglected, or at least, yeah, it's uh, people don't notice that a lot about the restaurant industry. Um, again, I'm, I'm revisiting this idea that I kind of alluded to earlier that people assume a lot of people in the restaurant industry defaulted. Yeah. You just kind of ended up there. This wasn't the plan. Right. Whatever. Why don't you get a real job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just think uh, it, it has a lot to offer. And we were talking about you know, sales. It's a great way to, you could segue that into realty. I've known people that have done that. Yep. Um, you can segue into any, again, you know, sales position. Um, the basics are best learned here in a bar or a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> getting harassed by the staff now we just yeah. talked about the great service we're trying to we're, we're shout out to brandon here our, shout out to brandon excellent service both starting a starting a, pillow starting a pillow fight who's the last word <laughs> you're starting a pillow fight and offering us beers yeah you need i'll yeah. take one yeah <laughs> um can i have a white walk lime thank you Wow, we're getting, we're getting the rare table service. I know, that's not allowed here. I was going to say, public uh, announcements. Do not expect <laughs> this is, table do not service. Expect it. <laughs> People are just going to come in, sit down inside, and expect it. It's a it's a walk-up bar. And this is another thing we used to talk about when I worked here, is that like that's something that's fallen out of favor. I think if there's tables, people expect table service. Yeah. Like, there used to be places that had both bars and tables, but, like, it was just known without signage or anything. It was just like, oh, this must be a place where you order from the bar. Yeah. And it, there's so few of those anymore that it's, it's difficult to get that concept to catch on here. I understand. I mean, people are so, especially Florida, everybody comes from everywhere to vacation or live here. And so it's very tricky, I would think. I, I mean, I always just go straight to the bar because I'm usually by myself, but... 
if my parents were here, they'd probably sit at a table and not know any different. When I worked here, there was a lot of people that would sit down and wait for service, and I think that's kind of the standard now. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Thanks, buddy. We're talking about how this is not the standard of service now. Yeah, as you're coming up to the table. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that places where you walk up in order but can also sit or have your own table, um, there's just not very many of them anymore. Yeah. And I remember it, it was had such a hard time catching on here that they tried to like add a position. Yeah. It was like cocktailing and all they did was confuse people further and I was always of the mind you know you go all in and, and don't confuse people it's either one or the other yeah. and if you stick to your guns long enough people will remember this is a walk up to the bar and order kind of place Yeah, it's pretty much over time it's eventually smoothed over if you dig back into reviews there's like reviews that complain right. like oh we sat down and yeah nobody came yeah, up yeah. <laughs> but we had table flags that said like bar for service yeah. and we had the pun SEA still do yeah, still got it <laughs> uh, so yeah anyway I just think that's like not a common thing anymore um, a walk up and order at the counter but also have a table yeah we are kind of doing like an experiment here testing this with music in the background testing the microphones and it's actually okay like this sounds good I was yeah. kind of concerned <laughs> I tried to be very confident about it when you got here, but I was a little concerned. I think it's a good idea because I think the only thing you have to lose is a few minutes of material that you get you, yeah. which is nothing. Um, Unless it's the best part. Well, right. And then, then it really <laughs> sad. you try to recreate it, yeah. then your podcast ends up becoming hey, like tell a, the Valentine's like Day a story. reality <laughs> show, like cueing people. Yeah. Can you do it this time with like a little bit more embellishment or like, can you swear more? Yeah. Try an accent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of this thing is, like, I don't... Uh, Brandon was asking me, like, what it's about, and I'm like, I don't know. We just start talking about something. We just go. It's funny. I've listened to a couple episodes, and I got that question, too. Like, when I told my girlfriend, and I mentioned mm-hmm. another friend that Shout I was out to the fans. up with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, well, what's the podcast about? And I read your synopsis and trying to answer the question, thinking about the material I've heard. And I was like, it's just... I, I mean, it's just talking about being... I guess like a young professional singer. Yeah, I gotta update um, that synopsis too. Like somebody who lives in this area and is in a uh, common age bracket yeah. and is kind of eking out their living here. Yeah. Um, and, and just having conversations about it. That's what I see your That's basically that it, accurate? yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like, it's fun to document your, I mean, for me, late 20s now. But like, just to be able to, whatever you're doing, it's fun to have it. But you also learn a lot, you I, know. I feel like that stage of your life can sometimes be missed by like analyzation like mm-hmm. everybody looks at the formative years you know being a kid everybody looks at early 20s that's another like big one yep. people look at middle age 40 people look at twilight and retirement years yeah. people look at old age but like if you notice the thing we skipped is like your late 20s and 30s yeah like Again, you can't even call it middle age. I guess that's pre-middle age. I don't know what it is. See, it doesn't even have a label. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's an interesting dynamic to tap into. Um, I wish there was more things like this, like a podcast, or I don't even know what a media, I guess, yeah. that talked about being 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, that yeah. kind of age where you're not 
your early 20s anymore and you're not quite 40 yet right like what am i you're still, I still like feel going like through a life. lot of ways like i did yeah. when i was 19 20 but also i feel like an 80 year old man yeah i don't know <laughs> well like i was um i had been kind of seeing a 21 year old girl recently and I was kind of out of touch with what was going on. I'm only seven years older than her. That's like, I feel like that's kind of the threshold. Like, once you get past the five-year mark, I, I've noticed that a lot, too. Whereas, I'm 30, and, you know, three years ago, I could, I was much more chameleon-like in being able to read and yeah. interact with any, all the age groups younger than me. Yeah, right. Especially when I'm, like, working in schools and stuff, and now I'm becoming more and more unhappy. It gets more and more challenging each year that goes by yeah. to find that common ground, like you were saying. Um, and I think once you pass five years, <laughs> it starts to like that separation. It's like, yeah, again, you lose, you lose touch. Well, my dad is 18 years older than my mom, so I don't know how he did it. <laughs> well, you, you think about like the difference between like 30 and 48 as being very different than any other difference I could name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, man. You can take it. No, I'm just kidding. You can take it. <laughs> I don't know the difference between what was the age difference? 18 years. Like that's different from 20 and 38. Yeah. I mean, like a 20 year old and a 38 year old versus a 30 year old with a 48 year old. Again, I don't know how old your parents were in that. I think but. my mom was 24. Maybe a little bit younger. She might have been 22. So obviously, it's like it's different on a case to case basis. But like as those both of those ages progress the less difficult it is to find that common yeah. ground. It's in those earlier brackets that it's, I think, harder to relate to. I can agree with that. Well, like, I know everybody's always still kind of going through life and developing, but right now I'm still figuring my life out. Right. So what I'm doing, what I'm talking about, what I'm thinking about, what I'm looking at is changing. And so this girl's coming at me with all the stuff I'm not paying attention to because right. focusing on what I'm doing. Right. So I don't know. But that's something interesting. Like, my mom keeps saying I'm already 30, which scares me. Like, she's, like, advancing that for As you. soon as I turn 26, she's like, oh, you're 30 now. I was like, I'm not 30. Stop it. <laughs> Do not take away the last year. I was like, hey, no. Man, as a three-year-old... Like 27, 28, 29 were fucking awesome. Yes, and I like, want to stick with it as long yeah, as I yeah. can. Yeah. Don't don't rob yourself of those last few years of the twenties. They're not meaningless. They're just as important as 21, 22. That's the thing is nobody knows. Nobody gets this thing like that. 28. That's a formative year. Let's yeah, keep going. Yeah. They should all be formative years. Yes. You know, like if you're not in a perpetual state of, I don't know, figuring it out. Yeah. If you're not just a bum for like the rest of your you, life. Once you figured it out, then like. I don't know exactly. I feel like that's like what a sad rest of your life. Yeah. I, I don't know. Wouldn't it's that be fun? Boring? No, yeah, because I can't imagine. It's fun to always be trying to climb or trying to be better yeah, at absolutely. whatever you're doing. Absolutely. It's funny because now I think about like if I was talking to my 18 year old self yeah. like right now and I really didn't think that I knew everything. Yeah. And I was like, but in a different way than like everybody always says the way this happens with 18 year olds. You think they know everything? Like, I do know everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know shit. Like, I, I got it figured out. I think perpetual state of figuring it out is, like, a very much more interesting way to live. Do you, because you still work at a bar right now, or a resort, right? Yeah, is it's, a bar? A, it's a bar. It's like a hotel bar. Um, I am, <laughs> it's funny, even with all my experience, it's kind of entry level, yeah. but it's a very unique circumstance, I think, in any other 
situation I would be cool with it. Yeah. But this is unique because I'm on a beverage cart on the beach, like <laughs> a golf cart on wheels, and I'm able to stock it with the booze that I want, which I don't have access to as much as I would like to. Like, stark difference between working here, you know, there's yeah. not as many cordials and right. stuff to work with. It's very beachy and just like some rum and juices. But it's a cool challenge to work with less, you know, yeah. um, after having worked with so much and work alongside people like Laura, who's been on your podcast, yeah. and Anthony, and all these very, very professional bartenders when, you know, I'm still building a lot of the knowledge that they already have. Right. Um, it's cool to go from that and flip a switch, but like, you have to figure it out with this limited amount of stuff. And I'm a master of my own domain out there. Like I said, yeah. I get the stock card with what my choice for what they have. Um, and there's no other staff out there. It's just me. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, filled with art with ice and whatever. So I'm trying to work my way into the real bar. Yeah. Um, okay. But uh, I mean, you now, got a great tan right now. For yeah. The, <laughs> I'm getting super dark. That is a benefit. I didn't even recognize you. You walked in. I was like, who's this guy? It's funny because the last, like I was telling you earlier, I've been down here um, a few times the last week after not being down here for a while, and I've been noticing this two and three second gap. I continually see tons of people I know because I used to park here, and there's like a second. And they're like, oh, hey, hey it's Ed. <laughs> yeah, like people aren't recognizing. Like, I was looking how, right at you. How tan I am. Like, <laughs> it's a different person. <laughs> That's fun. But, oh, so, um, two things before I get, or one thing before I get to my original question. But, doing less with more, like you said. And I don't know how this is going to come out or sound, but I found that when I'm broke, I am much more creative with trying to find out how to make money or how to like do stuff to earn money. So is that like what you're doing with drinks? Uh, necessity is uh, the mother of invention yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, it challenges me to, I think it, it, all of us people who are passionate about cocktails have a tendency to be very judgmental mm-hmm. of certain... I said drinks, you said cocktails, I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. See, see? My bad. That's a perfect, that's a perfect example. The difference in the nomenclature yeah. is even one person saying drinks and one person saying cocktails. I'm changing um, from now on. We, we, we have a tendency to look down on trends and um, super sugary ingredients and cordials and, you know, like out on the beach do a lot of rum runners and, yeah. uh, and pina coladas stuff with a ton of sugar and pre-made mixes and all that stuff and you know as cocktail fanatics we tend to look down on that stuff but there's like there's no accounting for taste like I try to remind myself like I, I need to not put myself in a position as like better than someone because they right. enjoy that like yeah. you know I don't want to judge people for that and that's what I think is so cool about if you had spoken to me eight months ago, I was just talking about talking to my 18-year-old self, but even me eight months ago, I would have like probably turned my nose up at myself yeah. out there. But in that, like placing myself in that restriction and in that place where I would never be and in stuff that I don't necessarily like, it, it's very, I guess, humbling and, and it's experience. It's a formative experience, like what we were talking about. I'm yeah. continually figuring it out. Um, so it's just cool to be among something, you know, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, there's an opportunity to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and that, do it. that's <laughs> what I was going to get at, was you meet so many people, do you kind of like, do you, you know, maybe you talk to somebody, whether he's a doctor or kid going through college, something like that. Do you try to grab something from them and like put it into your own life or a different perspective, maybe? 
Because um, you can learn a lot from people and you have an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. There are small moments in every day where, you know, you get to glimpse, if you're paying attention, yeah. a perspective from somebody that, um, again, we, I, I am the worst offender in this, and like, being very tunnel vision in my own perspective, and right. I analyze things, and like, I can get very trapped in my own head, in, in my perspective. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Nice people here. She gave me yeah, her phone. I just got my phone picked up off the ground. <laughs> she didn't even like. She was like trying to avoid interrupting our whole thing. Here. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, shout out to shout out to that girl. Yeah, shout out to the homegirl. Uh, she was cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, about? again, girls coming up to us and not being interested in us, but no, for entirely <laughs> incidental reasons. Like, hey, can you move? And hey, you dropped your phone. Like, not like, oh, what are you guys up to? Dude, she tonight? didn't even give us a sh- a second to shout her out. Looked at us. Nope. She kept going. I saw it. She did not look. Picked up your phone, put it on the table, and walked away. You've been purposely looking away from us. Nice girl, but like, damn. (laughs) But something's wrong with us. Late 20s, 30s, (laughs) hot man. (laughs) But no, we're talking about developing yourself as a better person, I think. Uh, Little moments in the day. um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are little moments in the day where if you're paying attention, you get to see perspectives of other people. Yeah. Uh, that are really illuminating. And, and again, I was talking about how I get the tendency to get very trapped in my own perspective and in my own head, and it's easy. And, and I feel like this is very cliche or trite. Um, a lot of people talk about this, but it's, it's true. Um, if, if you remind yourself to pay attention and, like, yeah. hey, I see the world through my own eyes. Like, just that little self-talk while I'm listening to something from somebody that I might judge them for or doesn't agree with my opinion or, or, or point of view. Um, like, there is a whole world here, and, you know, with a bunch of souls and a, yeah. bunch of, a bunch of bodies, a bunch of meat sacks running around that, that see things a lot like I do through their own perspective. That's one thing we all have in common, you know? Like, yeah. So we're all looking through our own eyes and like, to try to, I think it's a very good idea to try to access what the world looks like yeah. Um, and, the, and the bar really affords you that, that opportunity. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's the best thing about doing this podcast is I'm able to do that. Kind of get that inner personal view, I guess, from people. You'll grow as a person in spite of yourself. Yeah. The more perspectives you collect. Um, and being in a place like St. Pete or this area where there's a lot of tourism and there's a lot of transplants and people from all over. Yeah. Um, it's a great place to have a lot of access to that. I, um, this is our annual, not annual, but every episode I mentioned my first ever girlfriend, Kaylee. Nice. And uh, <laughs> we actually broke up like 10 and a half years ago, something crazy. Do you guys still talk? Well, we kind of like kept in touch, but nothing serious. We had a good talk in November and really got like down to everything. Does she listen to your podcast? I don't know. She, she claims she does, but she Ooh, was supposed to be on it. There should, there, there should be a test. We should like we should have test a her. trivia <laughs> question that we need to, we're going to come up with. Well, she's test. supposed to be honest. I'll just like quiz her on the podcast when she shows up. Because if she hears this, she's going to be like, I know what you're talking about. But if she doesn't hear this and text me, we know she's not listening. Perfect. All right. Then we've got our test. Then we got our, we're okay, in. What were you going to say? But no, yeah. So we talked in uh, November. We went out for drinks, and we kept it, like, super secret because my family didn't like her because I was talking bad. Like, I don't want to seem like I got dumped, but I did. So I was like, oh, yeah, it was all her, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, ten years later, you mature. And uh, she's a Michigan still. Yeah, so she was actually the reason I moved to Florida because I took the the breakup really poorly. Ah. And 
dwelled on it for like a year. And then I was like, well, screw it, I'm moving to Florida. And at that, you know, worked out ever, the best ever. And I thanked her for that. But I went into it wanting to apologize for me being an idiot, and she actually jumped the gun and apologized for everything that happened. I was like, damn, like we both matured. We That's both great. thought about things and grown up. And then we had like the best time, and she hung out with my parents at night and everything. So shout out to Kaylee and all the other heartbreakers out there. Yeah, right? Maybe, right? <laughs> and we'll find out if, you, if, if you've been listening, Kaylee. Yeah, we'll find out if you've been listening, Kaylee. <laughs> I mean, this episode 13, you said you'd be on when the show is more developed. Ah, there you go, there you go. I guess I played my cards, right? I'll let you get those those first ten episodes out of the way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is um, no, this is good. This is like the first on location and no vacancy. I talk about no vacancy all the time on the podcast. Well, that's good. Um, that's, uh, I think it's a good idea to just, like, try this. Like, do it in all kinds of different places. Yeah. Take it out of the beach. And, like, if it continues to work, then that's a really cool idea to be like, hey, we're recording... Yeah, yeah, time wherever, recorded, yeah. Just interesting places. Not that I'm sure that's not novel. I'm sure a lot of people do that. But yeah, I think it brings out an organic nature to the conversation. Um, obviously, we're going to speak a little bit effectively because we know we're being recorded. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, this is you know a lot like conversations that we've just had mm-hmm. here at No Vacancies. And it like that's the whole thing is I always want to talk to people I do have good conversations with, and you and I've always like. I mean, it was trickier when you were working because, like, conversation gets cut off abruptly. Right. And I get it. You know, I go to enough bars by myself and, like, talk to people. But, um, the, um, like, now that you and I can be on the same side of the bar talking, like, damn, we could, like, do something here. Yeah, But we planned this podcast while you were still working here. Because we knew we had that feeling. But that is a weird thing about revisiting the, like, bartender regular dynamic. That is an element that is present nowhere else in, like, any semi-close relationship is that any given moment yeah. a customer could walk in and it gets like, cut off or just like <laughs> yeah. or like it gets busy or like it could just something could be left suspended you can't flesh out some ideas because of the incident uh, that happens at bars yeah 100% <laughs> speaking of Amanda just showed up Amanda used to be the GM here That's shout out true. to Amanda shout out to Amanda what's, what's up Amanda my newest Facebook friend <laughs> yeah so if we take a break real quick, it's because Amanda comes over. Yeah, yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to say hi to Amanda. But, yeah, no, it's amazing. And, like, I learned that. So my last breakup three years ago with Rachel, I started going out on my own. Just, like, going out to, you know, restaurants, bars, everywhere. Just to be on my own, do my own thing. And uh, so I get, like, that relationship. At first, I was like, damn, you just walked away? Like, we were mid-conversation, mid-sentence. And now I'm like, all right, cool. It's just prioritizing the job. Okay. What up? How are you? Welcome to our pod. So, we uh, we got sidetracked a bit because we got a throng of fans. They're just like lining up. They see us talking. Crazy. It's getting insane. I mean, we had the, we had I know the... that it transitioned really quickly here, but it's been about 30 minutes we've been dealing with the fans. How which many, we love the fans. Many... Always have a Sharpie yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Silver, black, Sharpies. Yeah. A lot of fans running <laughs> around. But, um... <laughs> No, we had a, uh, I don't even know what we were talking about, but it was a good time. Yeah, we were, no, we were talking about the, the uh... That is what we were talking about. Yeah, that, that thing. <laughs> After we stopped recording, you were like, yeah, that's how you know it's, like, genuine. Because people come up and they start, like, talking and you hug them and you gotta cut the mic and you shut it down. Yeah, that's what I think is cool about recording in, in... I guess I want to use the, I want to coin the term organic spaces. Yeah. Just like wherever you're at or wherever you decide to meet somebody, whether like we were talking about it being here or at the beach or 
wherever it is you happen to be. Um, I thought about it at the airport, like when I was going to Michigan in November. I was like, that'd be cool, but it might be tricky because I don't know how people's mindset would be. There's something oddly inspirational about the airport. Yeah. Um, I may have alluded earlier to the idea, to the fact that I used to write a lot. I used to journal or like, I guess it was like a lot of stream of consciousness writing or whatever, and I would take excerpts of that stream of consciousness and I would post it on Facebook, and this is like the early days of Facebook, oh, yeah, where yeah. you'd share like notes and stuff. Yeah, and so I would you get them on the memories now. And a, and a lot of times, and actually, yeah, I can go revisit those. Yeah, go to my Facebook. Yeah. No, don't go to my Facebook. Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't been on there in forever. I have no idea what's lurking there, things that I want to hide. Ah, don't go to my Facebook. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I used to make a point to write I would have carry a journal with me and I would just start writing my internal monologue I talked earlier about um, you know just vocalizing my internal monologue right. via a recording or whatever um, but I used to just write that shit down and one of the times that I always found myself grabbing my notebook and just writing like crazy is like sitting in an airport yeah yeah late, traveling somewhere and it, there, some somewhere one of those little stream of conscious ramblings talks about like the idea of like my soul wanting to okay. get somewhere and like me just like having to transport my body it's a very interesting for, for me traveling by plane can be an out of body experience because i become very hyper conscious of the fact that like my soul and my body and my consciousness need to be or not my body my soul and my consciousness need to be in this place and in order to get them there yeah i have to carry my body there that's really I, interesting. I, for some reason, I think about that when I'm on planes. No, that's awesome. And it, it, it creates that, like I said, inspirational thing where, like, in, in airports and on planes, I have done some, like, super prolific writing. I don't know if any of it's worth anything. I haven't done anything with it. It's sitting in a notebook somewhere or on my Facebook, which <laughs> might as well be a mausoleum. But, uh, yeah, that's, I think, doing a podcast or any creative production of media like this like in an airport or on a plane yeah if that was possible would like be a super awesome dynamic. but see I, I would think the exact same way i've always found some sort of weird inspiration like i bought my little thing is i buy magazines at the airport because like i learn i learn from the articles like i'll buy esquire and learn about whatever so-and-so is doing and how they live their life mm-hmm. but i always like get that urge to do that to learn at the airport or like to not I mean, I don't know. Just like check up on things and connect yourself. Connect yourself to the rest of everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's because everybody's coming from everywhere. Right. Because airports and air travel have made the world smaller. Yeah. So like when you're involved with them, they're the the possibilities are endless as far as who you're surrounded by, and it makes you feel more worldly. Yeah. Certainly. Obviously, traveling, you know, and air travel and all that stuff. Like, yeah, you you have that desire to like gain more perspective we talked about that earlier like to to try to see what what current events look like from all possible angles 100 percent. you know and i think that's definitely linked to your desire to pick up some kind of like print media and like figure out what's going on even if it happens to be from an american perspective or whatever like it's still a reach for that making the world smaller or, or you know but here's the only downside I would see with doing the podcast from the airport if I went up to strangers. There's those paranoid people. <laughs> right? They're going to run to TSA. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to make my flight. Clearly a terrorist plot. Um, <laughs> he wants to interview me for his <laughs> podcast. <laughs> what is this? 
Like, oh. I've asked people, like, to watch my bag or do a Vine back when Vine was cool. And you get mixed reactions, but I don't know. I think everybody's on guard in an airport. Definitely sure. on guard. If you were traveling with somebody. Yeah, which I never do. That's actually another thing that I wanted to revisit, because right before we took the break and we met Amanda, um, you talked about how you end up going a lot of places alone. Yeah. And I think it's so... It's such a shame that going out in public alone, like for a meal or for a drink or any yeah. of those or whatever, um, is viewed upon... A cocktail. It, or a cocktail, excuse me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I missed folks. See what happens when another drink takes place on the break and then I start calling cocktails Those drinks and the claws, world man. falls apart. And <laughs> no, you gotta um, button that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nope, we're, we're losing it. It's falling apart here. <laughs> um, no, you were talking about before the break. Yeah, um, being alone, doing all that. Yeah, that I, I hate that it's looked upon as, I don't know, like it's like pitiable. Like people pity like, oh, that person's eating alone or that person's at a bar alone. So many of the best experiences I've had, and like, don't get me wrong, I'm 100% the kind of person that like needs a battle buddy. Yeah. Like I have to have somebody with me to share experiences yeah okay let me rephrase that i don't have to but i prefer to and even as that person i still acknowledge the value in experiencing things completely by yourself like one of the best examples i can come up with is going to a live music event going to a show a concert that like one that you actually purchased a ticket for ahead of time i mean don't get me wrong i love open mics and all that stuff but yeah there's something different like about Janice Live like, or like, something. There's something different about when you purchase a ticket. Like if you go to Red Rocks in Colorado, or um, you know the Gorge in Washington State, or one of those big known amphitheaters or something like that. When you purchase a ticket ahead of time, you know this artist. You have an emotional, spiritual connection to the artist, and you purchase a ticket way ahead of time and go to that show. That's a very specific dynamic. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, I don't remember again what the fuck I was going with that. Doing things alone. Yes. That uh, doing something like that, like going to a show alone, um, I'm thinking of a specific example. I went to a fish show in uh, San Francisco at the Bill Graham Auditorium, and I happened to be out there visiting my sister by myself. She lived in the Presidio at the time, it was before she had any of her kids. She and her husband had just moved out there. Um, and they have this really cool apartment in the Presidio. It's right at the foot of the Golden Gate Bridge. It's okay. like this old fort. Um, anyway, blah, blah, blah. I went by myself. I took, I remember I took like a $60 lift because yeah. I looked at public transportation and I was trying to figure out a way that I could get there. Um, and I couldn't, so I took a lift, like a $60 lift to the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium by myself. And I went to... Uh, this fish show by myself, and it was one of the most formative experiences. Huh. Um, and I, you know, at the risk of sounding like a fucking crunchy ass, drugged out hippie, um, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't like that. I don't even think I maybe smoked some weed. Like I, I, I probably, I think, I think I probably was past to join the audience or something and drink some beers. Yeah. But it wasn't about that. Um, I think that doing things alone has a lot of value and I think people are afraid to do it because they're afraid to be viewed as like oh that person is yeah. is eating alone or that person is is having a drink alone that's so sad I think that's awesome I think yeah. that's adventurous I think that's uh, you know uh, productive <laughs> I guess it's very productive people I agree should with do that one. 
shit alone. Yeah. You learn so much about yourself and you learn so much about perspectives and other people's perspectives. Yeah. Well, we Samaki for visiting that. We were talking about uh, Kaylee earlier, the first girlfriend, and the most... Un- two shout-outs to her. Yeah, two shout-outs. Sh- no, you're listening, Kaylee. Let's pay Kaylee. attention. <laughs> Kaylee, <laughs> did you listen to both parts? <laughs> but, um, no, like, when she dumped me, you know, I was 18-ish. So, in the most uncomfortable time, like, I was more insecure because I got dumped by a girl that I was telling everybody I was going to be with forever. Right. You're very insecure. That's when I started going out on my own. I would drive to Chili's and have lunch on my own just to feel that, like, discomfort. Embrace oh, it. Yes, exactly. Yes. And to, like, understand that, okay, this is fine. I can be on my own. I'm going to be better because of this whole experience and not, like, I don't know. Little things like that are what get me going. And try to make me a better person now I go out and if I'm with somebody it's like weird because I'm on a different schedule I can't just leave when I want to leave right. I can't just like do what I, I can't be on me like looking at memes all day it's relatable but I have a tendency to do that yeah like you, you go yeah. from like being so like comfortable being with somebody and uncomfortable being by yourself to now it's weird if somebody's there <laughs> yeah, I think that pendulum can swing. It's obviously it's healthy to find balance. Yeah, like you don't want to become too dependent on being on your own, right? And and be somebody who's buried in their phone all the time or whatever. But I think also people run from it. Like I was just about to say that I, I love so much that your tactic, your you attacking that big breakup was going and doing shit on your own and and, and yeah. forcing that. Um, I I think that's a great way to go about it. You know embrace it instead of running from it so many people run from yeah. the idea of being alone um, and I, I revisit this thought in my own head a lot of times and I don't even know that I've ever talked to anybody about it oh goodness but here like, we go I think <laughs> I think <laughs> big scoop on for the lady <laughs> I think a lot about and I heard that, like somebody one of I, I'm going to credit some college philosophy course classmate for talking about this because I, I never really fully confronted this idea until I heard it in that context. Some classmate of mine, don't remember the name, don't remember the class, don't remember anything about it. I was in a college philosophy course at CU Boulder, and somebody said, you know, and now I've heard it a million other times. It's like cliche, but you come into the world alone, and you go out of yeah. the world alone. And as much as I'm a person who is wildly dependent upon relationships, (laughs) massively, like, need other people to the extreme, I think we would all do well to remember that you come into the world alone. It's that perspective. Sorry, Morgan. I love you so much. We're actually going to see Morgan soon. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like she's going to hear that and be like, fuck (laughs) you. And also, make sure you guys listen to the podcast on separate phones so I get double the list. <laughs> and then the next time you have me back, it's like, so I'm single now. Yeah. <laughs> I decided I'd come into this world alone and leave the world alone. So. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, you're a great wingman when you're working. Like, when we go out and about and we're just two single guys hanging out, we're not doing no, well. No, no. <laughs> like, I have that safety net of being behind the bar. Exactly. Well, you but have nothing to lose. When I'm out here in the wild, I am pretty pathetic. <laughs> the girls don't even look at us. They tell us to they move. look away from us while they hand us oh our drop phones. Oh, my God. Can we have that chair? And I don't want to get too deep into this upcoming event, but I did mention on Laura's podcast about all the girls that you hooked me up with ended up being a little off 
as opposed like I kind of felt unsafe at times when Ooh. I left the bar. Yikes. <laughs> like we would go out, we'd go downtown, I'd invite him out for a drink or whatever. But it was a little like I don't know your judgment. I've, I've met your girlfriend. She's very nice. She seems like a nice lady. But the ones that you hooked me up with kind of questioned. <laughs> oh my god! I put you in the situation of. <laughs> I think I texted him. you a picture one day, and I was like, "Ah, this girl might be in a cult." Oh yeah! <laughs> I forgot about that. Which Boy, I, I, you know, I feel like again being in that safety net of being behind the bar, I probably have just like. Oblivious, which I appreciate some. the enthusiasm of. I, yeah, I probably tend to be, yeah, a lot more forgiving <laughs> up there, especially like if it's not me. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like it's like, well, I'm not gonna like get this person's number and go that for them, but my buddy Nick can. I, I think it's like, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, like <laughs> your thing, everything was fine, everything was going great. She was normal. And we left, and I was like, I'm picking up some weird vibes, and like she's telling stories that I'm uncomfortable with now. I was like, I need to send somebody a picture of me and this girl so they know who to look for. Oh my god. You know, we're close to Clearwater. I wonder if. I don't want to name drop because if this ever gets out no. to the massive public, then uh, my name's going to be on a list. I'm going to get pulled into a van, never heard from again. See, and that's the tricky part. 50 well, 50, this whole part makes it in the podcast anyway. But. Let me put it this way I guarantee you that I am more discerning in my taste for women for myself than I am in my taste in women for you. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that very comforting. <laughs> I think it's like a bottom line mentality. I'm like, yeah. I'm get this friend laid at all costs. <laughs> Doesn't matter how crazy it's or Sunday weird night. He might have, he this is his only opportunity. I'm gonna lay it up for him Dude, without it, thinking it through. Like, what are the potential consequences of well, this? It's, there never were potential. Like, okay, so a girl would walk in no vacancy Sunday night. Always Sunday night that you would end up hooking me up with a girl. It's like 8:30 in the evening. Not the time you think people are on the hunt. They'd be normal. Everything is fine. We're having a great conversation. We'd go elsewhere, and that's when we start getting real. And I'm like, oh, man, like, what do I do right now? <laughs> so what you're saying is is I bring out the best of people when I foster them. When you're here, like, I should have never left this place. Just stay at no vacancy, and you're safe. <laughs> Anybody in St. Pete, keep that in mind. Stay at no vacancy and you're safe. <laughs> Who knows what's lurking out there in well, the wilds of St. Pete. That's what's wild is St. Pete. Block by block, how different it is. Yes. And if you're inland versus whether you're close to the bay or, or close to the Yeah, because you're down by the beach, so you got that perspective, too. The dynamic changes. It's not even like the waterfront on the bay side and the waterfront on the gulf side are at all comparable. They're wildly different. Yeah. Um, but... The middle between them is even wildly different from that. Yes, like you and said, it's like from block, block to by block, block you, yeah. can, you can come across a completely different thing. Like Crafty Squirrel, I appreciate them. They have great like happy hour, but if you sit at the outside bar during happy hour, you'll get some characters. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Whereas you're three blocks down and no vacancy, you come here at the same exact time, and it's like 
a nice, easygoing crowd. Down there by Crafty Scroll, you're a little more exposed. That's where the volume of people is, and with that volume of people comes a lot of other baggage. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, St. Pete is great. Like, I love living in St. Pete. I live right downtown. I don't know how far you, you got a life high, is um, what you texted me. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, <laughs> lift it's funny i'm always the asshole that like finds a quirky annoying way to like bring up people's like autocorrect mistakes yeah. or texting mistakes i do that to people all the time and then you did it to me earlier and i'm like yeah. god damn it this is how i make people feel all the I was time like, get that li-fi get that li-fi lift which i'm gonna getting. probably call it li-fi from now on yeah my parents a, a use li-fi. li-fi all the time i love it <laughs> they apparently purportedly treat their employees better than uber i don't know if there's any validity in that here comes a lawsuit <laughs> i hope um, they listen yeah. uh, if that's a problem we have that's a problem we have no big deal yeah no no it's yeah they know the thing i live a little bit north of downtown um which again is its own little dynamic I, yeah. i'm pretty sure st pete was originally smaller towns like yeah. like downtown is st pete and then the neighborhoods like kenwood and Uptown, and I can't, Lealman, I'm blanking of course now on all the yeah, names. Yeah, me too. You know how all the neighborhoods, like Allendale Park, and all, yes. you know, there's just a bunch of different names, the historic Old Northeast. Yep. Um, I think those were all their own little townish type things at one time. I have no idea. I'm rambling, guessing on I history. I mean, that makes sense. And they got put together, and now they're all part of St. Pete. But if you like, look at a map, you know, it's got all the neighborhoods. It's almost like it's boroughs. Sectioned off. Like in, yeah. you know, a bigger city like New York or Chicago, which yeah. this city is in no way comparable to either of those, <laughs> except for it does have its little neighborhoods. Um, that have their own names and they're growing and stuff and you can be like oh I'm I'm in the Edge District or I'm in the Old Northeast walking the dog or I'm out on the beach you know or you know I live in Lealman or whatever it is if you say you live in St. Pete everybody assumes you're on the beach a lot of times yeah people who don't live (laughs) here certainly yeah and then people who live here assume you mean the town yes I was thinking about that today on my drive home from work how like a world apart St. Pete Beach which, like, is its own township. There's a town called St. Pete Beach, and then there's St. Petersburg. Yes. And so many people come, like, oh, yeah, I go to St. Pete every year. It's like, you go to St. Pete Beach every year. Right. You don't even know what St. Petersburg really is. And, and I don't mean that, like, accusatorily no, but or anything, but, like, I was thinking about how there's a different world. Like, I'm working out on St. Pete Beach, and I think about recommending places like this downtown. downtown. Like, go down on Central between these blocks and this this vibe, and between these blocks is this vibe, and it's a whole different animal. Everybody out there, not everybody, but so many people out there on the beach are entirely unaware that five miles away is a whole city, yeah. community, bar scene, food scene, music scene, art scene, all of that. Whereas, like, I don't say I feel like the beach is a little bit homogenous. It's like a relic of, yeah. like, the 70s and older hotels that capitalized on the draw of the beach. And it's kind of held on to that capitalist aggression of just attacking the money. Oh, shit, I don't want to go there. Never mind. Forget I said any of those words. Anyway, <laughs> there are two very different, you know, there's St. Pete Beach and then there's St. Petersburg. Right. It, I feel like St. Petersburg is certainly getting more discovered. Yeah. Um... But it's, it's it's lesser known, and there are people who are five miles down the road that have no idea of the whole world Which is that is over here. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that really struck me hard on my commute home yeah. from work today, thinking about 
this and how we're going to talk about being in St. Pete and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm out there all day talking to these people who know this place as Tradewinds and Grand Plaza yeah. and the Beachcomber and like that's St. Pete. Go to Treasure that's Island. That's St. Like, Pete. Yeah. But like it, it isn't. It's not. Like, no. This, I mean, it is. It's St. Pete Beach, which is fine. That's its own thing, and it's great. But like St. Petersburg is this. Like, and, and, and people who go to visit St. Pete Beach oftentimes just completely miss this, and they'll go to Clearwater, which Clearwater is much more nestled. It's it's pushed together. Yeah. That Clearwater downtown and and the beach, it's all one thing. Right. Here, it's. They're completely separate. St. Petersburg is on the Bay side, and St. Pete Beach is on the Gulf side, and they're two different worlds. Not saying one's better than the other, but people don't realize that they're two different worlds. Well, when people ask me if, like, okay, so all my people are in Michigan. They text me or, you know, message me on Facebook. They're like, oh, we're coming down to Tampa. Where should we go to the beach? I'm like, well, it depends on your mood. If you want to, like, have tourists, go to Clearwater. If you want to do all the touristy things, go there. If you want, like, a quiet beach day, go somewhere in St. Pete. Probably Madeira or Reddington Beach. Like, yep. you'll Those have a good time. Those are big and spacious. And there's yeah. a lot of space, yeah. You can have your own time. Like, be with your people. But if you want to, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good phrase for it. But if you want to be a tourist, go to Do the Florida thing yeah. where you go Which to Which is a great beach, yeah. Yeah. If that's what you're looking Again, for. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. But no. I think... People lump it together, like, oh yeah, St. Pete, I know St. Pete, and they kind of brush that off yeah. while just thinking of St. Pete Beach, and St. Petersburg is its whole own thing here. Yeah. But the, um, I had a buddy I went to high school with, we played baseball, and he texted me, he's like, I'm going to, um, I think he's somewhere in Tampa. He's like, what do you recommend? And I immediately recommended downtown St. Pete. I was like, come here. It's built up so much in just the year that I've been here. Like, it's amazing. You can walk everywhere you want to go. I think it's decently safe. I've never had an issue, knock on wood. Right. Yeah, no, neither. But, like, there's good people, and there's good bars, there's good food, amazing food. I'm big on the food. I catch myself, in spite of myself, you know, living here, you get jaded, and you have complaints and everything. Yeah. And so I'm always going to be like, but uh, I, I catch myself out there on the beach really encouraging people. I'm like, I end up... And now that we're talking about this, this is the first time I'm really thinking about it and analyzing it. End up being like, do you have a car? Yeah. Like, or, or it's like a $15 Uber to go, like, I, I'm, for some reason, by default, subconsciously, like, encouraging people to come here. Yeah. Like, see St. Pete, all of it. Like, yes. don't just, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love a beach vacation where I just sit out on the beach for six days and don't do anything. But, um, I, I'm... Like desperate to encourage people out there to come see what's happening over 100%. here. 100%. For sure. <laughs> well, now I can't recommend that people listen to this because we're going to give it away. Uh-oh. Everybody's going to... Uh, the millions of listeners to this podcast are going to be like, well, I'm going to go to Actually, Pete. all around the world, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> now we're going to get flooded with... It's already happening. The secret's out. No vakes. That's why I call it. No vakes. No vakes. No vakes. <laughs> Where are you going at? I'm going to no vakes. It's going to be like the phenomenon that happened with like uh, Anthony Bourdain you know, or uh, <laughs> diners driving and dives. Whoever, you know, they've spoiled the little out of the way spots. Yes, we're gonna mess by it publicizing up. them, and like now you're gonna come here, like this is the place that's on them for the ladies' podcast. <laughs> like I'm gonna get a picture by it, and like there's gonna be like t-shirts, like I went to No Vacancy, a famous place made this famous. Is it. Like we're gonna have like an FTL spray painting right there under the flamingo. 
Well, this is actually like a fun little story before we cut this all done. But I grew up in Clarkson, Michigan, and nobody had ever heard of Clarkson, Michigan. I went to middle school with Kid Rock's son, and Kid Rock started like investing in these restaurants. There was one that was an old church, turned into a bar restaurant, the best mac and cheese I've ever had, called the Clarkson Union. They opened up another restaurant that kept like opening, shutdown, opening, shutdown, opening, shutdown. That place is going, Clarkson, it used to be the Clarkson Cafe, now it's a Clarkson Woodshop. He's friend, Kid Rock is friends with Guy Fieri. So okay. They did diners, drive-ins, and dives in my hometown, right when I was moving. And it was like, you know, quiet, it was kind of like no vacancy at night, where it's like, you can go and hang out, but it's not, you're not crowded. You're not going to wait. It's not that bad. Unless Anthony's bartending, then you wait. But, Obviously. <laughs> but I go back, I'm, so I move out of Florida, this episode airs. I go back that next summer, and it's two-hour wait, three-hour wait. Like, that show is crazy, man. Like... There was a whole Reddit thread that I read recently of like, it was like an Ask Reddit, like what has been ruined by popularity? Yeah. And like, it's crazy. I, it's funny, we've spent a lot of this podcast talking about like, I love people and there's so much to be gained from them. But it's funny because like we ruin stuff too. Yeah. When I say we because like, I'm not going to separate myself. Like obviously I'm people. Right. I ruin shit too. <laughs> like I went to Angkor Wat and whatever the fuck gets ruined by tourists <laughs> and you know, gets ruined by an influx of people. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm certainly part of that, but it is a observation worthy of note uh, to be aware that we can spoil a lot of like, shit by overrunning it with our own selves. I mean, I grew up in small town Michigan, and now I go back and it's like a tourist place. Crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Well, I'm sure St. Pete is not far from that. And no. by St. Pete, I mean St. Petersburg. Not Saint, That already happened to St. Pete Beach. Yes, That's Saint, what St. Pete downtown was built Saint on. Pete. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but, but actual proper St. Petersburg on the bay. I actually compare downtown St. Pete, the way it's building up and the crowd that's here, to downtown Detroit right now. Which I know that sounds like a vast difference. But it's building up. But it's the same way. Like, art and food and cocktails, buildings like that. St. Pete's building up the same way Detroit is. It's kind of interesting. I think it has a lot to do with an influx of a certain age bracket of people moving to place. And yeah. when I say young professionals, I don't mean like recent college grads or something. It's like the age group we talked at the beginning, this kind of bookends our podcast here. You know, I think it has to do with an influx of people ages 25 to 40 who are not necessarily in the entry levels of their career, but like who are in the just beyond entry level of yeah. their career. Um, I think there's a ton of people in that stage of their life moving here and simulating the economy and all the residential stuff is going up, which for better or worse, you know, obviously there are pros and cons right. that come with that. Um, but I think it's an area that 25 to 40 year olds are moving to, ones who earn money or have means um, that can simulate the economy and growth. And with that, I think with that influx of people aged 25 to 40 comes more cuisine, more cocktails, more art, more music scene, more nightlife, more cultural things to experience. Yeah. You know, this is like the last thing I'll say about it, but the thing I like about coming to St. Pete downtown, as opposed to like downtown Clearwater, is it's not the tourist trap. You're getting authentic 
St. Petersburg. Absolutely. Whatever you're doing. Yet. Yeah. Yet. We, again, yeah, I know. So what, far, like that's what we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. You feels like don't want to ruin that authenticity, yeah. but that's what I really appreciate about it right now. Like that building right behind us, Central Flats. I remember coming here two years ago. I'd go to the Grassroots Kava Shop before games, and that building was being built. It wasn't yep. even there. And, and now it's full of people who we know, yeah. who are regulars at this bar, who are part of this community that you can't picture it without it. Right. It's you know? amazing. It's a it's a great time to be in St. Pete. It is. Like, I got here at the right time. It'll probably got, get ruined, but it it's will, a great time. It's we're a great here, time to be We're going to ride out these first couple right of years yeah, yeah. and have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will. I think your girlfriend's coming, so. She's close by. It's 947. Not that we, maybe another time we can bring her on. Not that we don't want absolutely. her on here. We're, she's but. certainly welcome. <laughs> but yeah, man, this is awesome. I appreciate talking to you. Yeah, We finally did it, man. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad we did it. I, I hope we. Too. I'm already thinking about the next time we can do it again. Yes, and we are hanging out March. Actually, we're going skydiving on the 14th. Did we decide that? Were you involved in that conversation? Is that in March? Yeah, March I'm going 14th. skydiving March 14th. You're, you're invited. Oh, well, you're going to be out on the beach March 3rd. Very March least 3rd, I'll be there. at the beach hanging out with you. Yeah. And then March 14th, I'm going skydiving. I have a group on that I forgot. I got to use me for it expires. So. I feel like I'm interested and also very scared. There is a it's a champagne group on. I get a bottle of champagne when you successfully reach the ground. This is definitely something to consider. <laughs> I love but, champagne. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you yep. so much. Thanks, Nick. Later. How many breaths would you say you saw? Oh goodness. We might be able to get away with just talking at a normal volume.